Welcome, everyone, to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. I started this podcast almost two years ago now in the summer of 2020, the COVID summer. And I wanted to help not only our current clients, but also those listeners across the country that were trying to plan for the golden years of their life. And they wanted information and they wanted to hear the wisdom of someone who works with retirees and pre-retirees day in and day out and discusses the issues that they're already facing or might be facing in the future. Every week, Literally every week, I have people emailing and calling saying, hey, I've got this question about my retirement. If I do retire earlier than we had originally planned, let's say I retire at 62 and originally we were planning on 65, what are my choices for health insurance? What is that going to look like? What is it going to cost me? And what about my spouse? And health insurance just happens to be, in my opinion, the number one reason why people push off their retirement because they want to get to 65 when they're eligible for Medicare. Sometimes other people contact me and they have questions about tax planning. Maybe it's backdoor Roth IRAs. And does that apply to them? It could be harvesting capital gains or capital losses. How much of their social security is going to be taxable? These are all examples of questions that people have that are approaching retirement, maybe already retired. And so we bring these conversations to this podcast, Retirement Made Easy. And lately I've been getting a lot of questions in regards to the war going on with Russia and Ukraine. So we're gonna talk about that on today's podcast, how that might be impacting your portfolio, or maybe it isn't impacting your portfolio as much as you think. Also, I wanted to talk about inflation and how it's getting out of control in this country. However, the Fed is starting to raise interest rates to kind of fight back that inflation, and they're going to raise interest rates, most people have heard, a number of times this year in 2022. So I will give you two ideas on countering inflation as far as your investment dollars and two ideas I think you'll really like. As always, if you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. At the bottom, you can ask Greg a question, submit your question, and we'll probably use it on a future podcast episode. A lot of clients have been calling in, and I'm going to harvest those questions and use them as well so they can be useful for other people as they go through these same concerns and questions that people have. One more thing about our website, check out the resources tab. We've got a handful of free resources you can download right there, and they'll be helpful as you plan for your own retirement. And then for those special group of people that are maybe a couple years away from retirement, we offer a pre-retirement assessment. Well, what does that mean? Well, the purpose of the pre-retirement assessment is for you to get a second opinion by yours truly. And we only do two of these per month. So we're already booking out into April. But to get a free second opinion on if you're on track for retirement, if there's any gaps in your retirement plan that maybe you can fill in in these few years leading up to retirement. And really, it will give you a sense of are you going to be able to afford this lifestyle in retirement that you really desire? Or maybe you're off track. And it would really be useful to get a professional opinion on how to get back on track 
for the retirement you deserve and that you want. So the purpose of this pre-retirement assessment is for that group of people that wants to see if they're on track to hit their goal for retirement, whether you want to retire this year or maybe it's in a few years. Again, I only offer this to podcast listeners and I do two of these pre-retirement assessments per month. And to sign up, visit my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. On the homepage, you'll see pre-retirement assessment. Just click on that and you can read all about it. All right, let's jump into today's episode, talking about not only what's going on with the Russia and Ukraine war, but also this sky-high inflation that we're all experiencing right now. Now, let's talk about first a little background with Ukraine and Russia and what's going on over there. So things to know about Russia and Ukraine. So Russia's economy has gotten absolutely crushed by these sanctions. Their stock market, as of the recording of this podcast, is down over 35% as I'm speaking right now for the year. Their currency has absolutely crashed. Companies like McDonald's, publicly traded U.S. companies like McDonald's, are closing down restaurants. 850 restaurants they've closed in Russia right now. Other companies like Apple have followed suit. So all of these sanctions and everything going on, it's absolutely crushing Russia. Russia's economy isn't very big to begin with. It's actually the size of Florida's economy. In Ukraine, Ukraine, some reports are showing that the gross national income per person, per capita, in Ukraine makes it the poorest country in Europe. Even though it has very fertile lands, so it's a huge grain exporter, it has natural gas, and it's got an aerospace industry that's very, very good. And this conflict is, is really due to Putin, and Putin does not want Ukraine to join NATO. And everybody says, well, what is NATO? It consists of 30 member nations. The United States is actually one of those nations. The NATO is the world's most powerful military alliance that was created in 1949. And basically what these member nations say, hey, if you come under attack, we'll come to your aid. And in 1991, there was this agreement that NATO had that said they will not expand eastward. And Putin is saying that NATO has breached that agreement. And the last thing Putin wants is for Ukraine to join NATO and be the 31st member nation. Putin wants a say in Ukraine's future and what that looks like. Putin, on many, on several occasions in speeches, he has said that Ukraine is a brotherly nation of Russia. So Putin really, really is trying to make sure that Ukraine doesn't grow closer to these Western nations. Ukraine is actually very attractive also to Putin because it's got two key advantages. Number one, it borders. It's a border of Russia. And also, Ukraine's southern border is actually backing up to the Black Sea. So that is a huge advantage for shipping, exporting, importing, all that kind of stuff. So how does this impact our investments? You know, you're hearing companies like McDonald's, and they're saying they're closing, I believe it was 850 restaurants in Russia. Well, let me tell you, McDonald's has over 38,000 restaurants across the world. 850 of those just happen to be in Russia. So if my math is correct, that means 2%, approximately 2% of McDonald's restaurants are in Russia. So if you do close those down, then theoretically, 
Maybe McDonald's has lower earnings. It reports lower earnings for 2022 than were expected before this war. But I wouldn't think that it would be a significant margin. And it's not just McDonald's. It's other companies that are following suit that are closing their operations in Russia. So the next question to ask is to look at your own portfolio and say, how is this going to impact my portfolio? And I am personally reminding clients that we don't have their portfolio invested in Russian banks and Russian currency. Now, your portfolio might be. I don't know. Now, what's really interesting is with these sanctions, there's an index called the Emerging Market Index. Now, before these sanctions, Russia's stock market represented about 2% of that entire MSCI Emerging Market Index. And what happened is with these sanctions, the MSCI index has said, okay, we're kicking out these Russian companies, meaning we're kicking them out of the index and U.S. investors are not allowed or permitted to invest in these Russian companies anymore. So literally, if you own this emerging market index before these sanctions, yeah, you were invested roughly 2% in the Russian stock market in some of these Russian companies. And now that the sanctions went through, guess what? They got kicked out. So you no longer are have that susceptibility to the Russian market anymore. And I know I stated earlier in the podcast, but year to date, as I sit in front of my computer recording this podcast, the stock market index in Russia is down over 35%. Now, what we have to remember when it comes to the U.S. markets, they are very emotional. So when you have a war that's going on, between Russia and Ukraine, that is one factor that's going to stir the market. It's going to make it go up or down. And wars tend to make the market go down temporarily. And again, the market is emotional. So news drives the market up or down. And so we have had these days recently where there have been peace talks between Russia and Ukraine, and they're trying to come to some consensus. And that's good news for the market. So you see big up days in the market as a result of the reports of these peace talks. Other current drivers that are very significant driving the market right now is all of this talk of inflation and the Federal Reserve raising interest rates to get inflation under control. Now, what do these interest rates do to the stock market when the Federal Reserve raises them? Well, there's an article that Forbes came out with just released in March of 2022, and it's entitled, How Does the Stock Market Perform When Interest Rates Rise? And what's interesting is they looked back at the last nine times that the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, and there's not a definitive conclusion that can be made short term. So they looked at, okay, what did the market, the S&P 500, do a month later after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates? And what they found was, is five out of nine of the times the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, a month later, the S&P 500 was up. In four out of nine cases, one month after the Federal Reserve raised rates, the S&P 500 was actually down. So it's kind of 50-50 or pretty close. And then what they did was they looked at history. And when there was a what they called a rate hike cycle, meaning consistent interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve, and what they found was during the past five cycles of interest rate hikes by the Federal Reserve, in four out of five, 
the S&P 500, Dow Jones, and the NASDAQ were all positive. So four out of five. So 80% of the time, as a result of consistent interest rate hikes, the market was up. And the article really concluded by saying, if you're looking for a strong correlation that shows that rising interest rates coincide with falling stock markets, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be very, very disappointed. The history of the stock markets does not show a correlation with rising interest rates and falling stock markets. It's just the history, the evidence is just not there. Now, rising interest rates, well, it's just think about it conceptually, it's going to be more expensive to borrow. So for those people that are refinancing, maybe they're getting a home loan, car loan, that kind of thing, it's going to be more expensive for you to borrow. It's great for the banks and the financial industry because they're going to earn more interest and charge more interest. So all lenders are going to really benefit by rising interest rates. And that is good for the savers out there because they will earn more interest on things like CDs and money markets and savings accounts. You'll see the interest rates. They won't go up significantly over a short amount of time, but they will start to trend upwards the interest rates that you're seeing on these CDs and money markets. Now, the next thing I wanted to bring up was inflation. We have talked about inflation being out of control over 7% as an average for 2021. On a previous podcast, I had mentioned Series I savings bonds and how in November, it was announced that they are now paying 7.12%. And of course, there's some limitations with these Series I savings bonds. You know, for example, you can only purchase $10,000 of a Series I savings bond per person per year. You can only purchase them on the government website, the Treasury Direct website. And every six months, they will adjust the interest rate that they pay based on the interest rates out there and also inflation. And the reason why they're paying 7.12%, it was announced in November, was because inflation was out of control and so high. So as they get inflation under control, you'll see those interest rates start to drop off. So that's one opportunity that people are looking at, not only our clients, but many, many investors and savers out there are seeing if Series I savings bonds may make sense for them. If you do keep them for five years, there's no penalty. But if you cash them in within the five-year period, you do have to pay back. I think the penalty is three months of interest that you would have earned. They accrue interest every six months. So there's a lot of fine print that you do have to really read up on. There's a frequently asked questions tab right there on the website that you can learn more about them. So that's one way to fight inflation. Another idea that I wanted to bring up to listeners was dividends. And with inflation being out of control last year, a lot of publicly traded companies had fantastic years in 2021, even though we're you know still coming out of this COVID recovery. So what they do, what these publicly traded companies will do is they will increase the dividend that they pay their shareholders. For example, if you looked at the Dow Jones Industrial Average, there's 30 of the largest U.S. publicly traded companies. And of those 30 companies, 27 of them, or 90%, currently pay dividends to their shareholders. Now, these companies are companies that you know, I know, like Johnson & Johnson and Home Depot and Disney and Coca-Cola and Caterpillar and Boeing and American Express and McDonald's and Microsoft. All these companies are a part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average Index. 
Now, some of these companies that I just listed in the Dow Jones Industrial Average are also included in the S&P 500 index, which includes 500 of the largest American publicly traded companies. So all 30 Dow Jones publicly traded companies, like I just listed, like Boeing and Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, those are all in the S&P 500. They generally make up between 25 and 30 percent of the value of the S&P 500. So if you look at the S&P 500 and of the companies in the S&P 500 that increased their dividends in the last quarter, in the fourth quarter of 2021, the median dividend increase was 8.46%. Now, not all of the 500 companies in the S&P 500 happened to increase their dividend in Q4, quarter four of 2021. But what we're saying is those that did increase their dividend by a median of 8.46%. So a lot of retirees are dependent on the dividend income they get from their investments, be it mutual funds or index funds or whatever, ETFs, those kind of things. And it's good to know that these publicly traded companies are really increasing their dividends by so much. Again, the median increase was 8.46% the end uh, last quarter of 2021, whereas the inflation was over 7%. So the dividends that were increased increased by more than inflation. So that's one way that you can counter the impacts of inflation is if you do have an investment portfolio that is very dividend focused, it has the ability to help you counter inflation. Now, before I wrap up today's episode, I wanted to bring up an article that I came across. It's called, Can You Believe the Price of Gas? States Move Quickly to Help Drivers. And what it's talking about is lawmakers from states across the country are stepping forward and proposing bills to suspend the state gas tax in their particular state and even the federal gas tax to help drivers be able to cope with these steep gas prices. And the article is very fascinating. Even in California, California has the highest state gas tax per gallon of any state in the country. It's 51.1 cents per gallon. And what they're doing is lawmakers are trying to propose the suspension of state gas tax as a way to give some relief to drivers. New Jersey is even, the lawmakers there are even talking about giving a state gas tax credit of $500 per household. We'll see if that gets passed. That's pretty creative. So I was happy to hear this at a state level. Lawmakers are trying to do something, whereas, you know, it kind of seems at a federal level, nothing is happening other than trying to increase the supply of oil and all that kind of stuff. But the reports that the media has been putting out there, like $7 a gallon gas in the state of California, it's out of control. The national average, as I speak here today, is over $4.35 a gallon. And here in Missouri, we're a little under $4 a gallon right now, but we have some of the cheapest gas in the entire country. And one final thought that I wanted to leave you with is really the importance of diversifying your portfolio across industries. And what do I mean by that? Well, one industry right now, the only industry in the entire stock market that has a positive return as I'm speaking here today 
is the energy sector. The energy sector year to date is up over 30%. Every other sector in the entire stock market is down with the worst performers being technology and communication services. So when I'm reviewing portfolios for people, a lot of times I'll see their portfolio may be 50% in technology because technology the past five years or so had such a great run, but it's not diversified. If 50% of your portfolio is in technology, in my eyes, you kind of have a problem here. And I can't tell you how many portfolios that I review for people where they're so heavily weighted in one or two specific sectors. Normally it's technology and healthcare. That's what I see so, so much because maybe they've been having a very good run. And I find that so many people get caught up in the short-term performance and they want to keep chasing the short-term performance. And it just doesn't work out long-term for you. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. If you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The Smart Investor Program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC. 